Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Good afternoon. This is Larry Poe, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And today, our podcast is going to focus on an investment topic and really focus on what is the difference between a mutual fund and ETF, how do they operate, tax ramifications, and what are we really attempting to do, and are they really cheaper? So with me is uh, Kwanzaa Ellis. Um, she is one of our customer service people and studying for the Certified Financial Planner designation. So together, we're going to have a little Q&A discussion about this topic. So first thing I'm going to ask Kwanzaa to talk about is what is an ETF versus a mutual fund? I mean, I guess define them and tell me a little bit more because I think there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, and we use these blanket terms like, you know, every Kleenex is a tissue, but not every tissue is a Kleenex or something like that. So what is an ETF versus a mutual fund? Thanks, Larry. Well, a mutual fund are a group of stocks. It's a pooled investment vehicle where you own a tiny fraction of each of the stock in the fund that you have invested in, um, giving you a much better diversification. Now, a mutual fund can be an index fund. They're not always where they track an index such as the S&P 500. Now, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, work the exact same way. They're also a pooled investment vehicle and they allow you to own a piece of every of the underlying stock in the ETF. It also can track an index fund, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Now, the difference between the two is an ETF trades like a stock where you can buy and sell all throughout the day versus a mutual fund you can only buy at the end of the day uh, based on the net asset value of the fund at that time. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like if that's the case for long-term investors, I wouldn't probably give much credence to whether I can buy it during the day or buy it at four o'clock that day. It doesn't sound like it's a big deal. No, not really. I mean, you're looking at a difference in pennies, whether you buy it at noon versus 4 p.m. Right. Okay, great. Um, and obviously, I, I think we've talked about, uh, I guess the other question I would have is, are fees really a big differential between, let's say, index, let's focus on ind index funds, because I think that's what people think about, but are fees really a big difference in a index mutual fund versus an index ETF? And that's one of the common misconceptions is that ETFs are always cheaper than mutual funds. And while that may be the case a lot of times, it's definitely not uh, 100% of the time. We have found that we have found some mutual funds that track the S&P 500 that had half the expense ratio of an ETF that tracked the same S&P 500. So yeah, you do have to be mindful that they're not always cheaper. And again, when you invest long term, a lot of times it doesn't matter much. And one of the other, I guess, uh, interesting facts I've found in, in doing this is that a lot of times people will go the ETF route because there are lower minimums. And I found depending on the mutual fund company, 
And the actual mutual fund, and obviously the larger mutual funds that track indices don't have this problem as much, but a lot of times mutual fund companies will require you to have a minimum investment, whether that's a thousand, twenty five hundred, I've seen ten thousand, and when you get into the institutional class space, it could be a hundred thousand or a million dollars to get into a fund versus obviously an ETF. If I have the availability, I can go online through a discount broker and buy one share of an ETF. And that one share could be 100 bucks, 150, 300 bucks, and I'm in. Uh, a lot different. So, okay. Yeah, the last thing I think I'll talk about, uh, based on my experience, is, is the tax ramifications. Um, what's interesting about uh, taxes and mutual funds and ETFs, again, to the point where everybody says ETFs are m more transparent, the ETFs are cheaper, and ETFs are more tax efficient. And in a lot of cases, I will agree with people that is probably the case. And that the reason being is this. And to your point, Kwanzaa, that when you buy and sell an ETF, you're actually selling it or buying it like a stock. So in order for me to sell my share of an ETF, there has to be a buyer. It has to be a buyer on the market in order for that buy and sell. And your broker is just kind of the conduit, the middleman who's putting that together. So the gain of loss we, comes to me. I sell my share in the S&P 500 and whatever my proceeds are versus my basis, I got to gain a loss. End of story. There's no other ramifications to anybody else. With a mutual fund, it's a little different. So because I'm actually um, buying it and selling it directly with the company, even if you're doing it on a, somebody else's platform, you in effect are selling your mutual fund back to the mutual fund company. So if I sell $10,000 worth of a mutual fund one day, what I'm really doing is requesting that the company cash my shares in and send me $10,000. And the beauty about a mutual fund is the number of shares in the fund changes every day. Unlike the ETF out in the market that has shares that are uh, issued, and they can actually issue more shares through some legal requirements, but a little different. With a mutual fund, the number of shares changes every day because there's buyers and sellers. So when I sell that $10,000 back to the company, I'm going to have that same gain of loss problem, right? Get 10 and I have a basis. But the other issue is in order to send me the money, the mutual fund manager is going to be like, wow, Larry wants $10,000. I got to send him 10. And if he doesn't have 10,000 in cash, that manager is going to have to sell assets. All those little underlying securities are going to have to sell shares of X, Y, or Z, Apple, Amazon, whatever's in the account, he's going to have to sell that. And if that creates a capital gain within the mutual fund, that gain gets reported by whoever's holding the mutual fund when capital gains are declared. So I got two gains going on there. I got mine, and then I got all the other investors who may get hit with a gain because I wanted it. Now, I will say, with very large funds, especially index funds, it happens less often. Why? Because on that same day that I send in a request for $10,000, Kwanzaa sends a $10,000 check to that same fund company to buy shares. And lo and behold, her cash gets sent to me and the fund manager doesn't have to sell anything. So don't just assume that every time there is sales and purchases that that fund manager is out there trading stock, creating gains. The bigger the fund, the less often it happens. Smaller funds, yes, less liquid are going to have that problem more. So I think that's an interesting concept as well. I think a lot of times people don't understand the differences, so they just read the news and they read advertisers who tell you that ETFs are cheaper 
Uh, they are transparent. They are more tax efficient. And the last thing I think I'll kind of and understand that, you know, obviously you got to understand the cost of buying and selling ETFs. If you have commissions, if you're not with a discounted brokerage firm, just understand all those things. And what's interesting, I read something and I thought this was in uh, pretty uh, unique that when people talk about risk, I think people assume ETF index, no risk. And that's far from the point. And so if you're invested in an ETF, your risk is the market, especially if you're in an index fund. Your risk is that actual index. So let's assume the S&P 500, right? So like a mutual fund, it's an investment vehicle, right? Just like a mutual fund and ETF is an investment vehicle. So if you buy the S&P 500 ETF and the S&P drops 50%, whether it's in a day, six months, a year, whatever it is, if it drops 50% and you own that ETF, nothing about cheap, tax-efficient, or transparent is going to help you with a 50% drop in your asset. Plain and simple. So I think very unique topic. I think uh, don't just discount funds over ETFs. I think we, 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 we adopt, we try to find low fees, less volatile, and we do look at tax efficiency. But the idea that just every ETF is cheaper than every fund is just kind of a misnomer. And that's why here at BWFA, we use a combination of individual stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, where appropriate. And we're going to allocate your portfolio. We're going to watch the tax efficiencies in taxable accounts. And we watch the fees. And I think we do it all. So thank you, Kwanzaa. Thank you. And I hope this helped everybody out there. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.